This can't be right. The last thing you recall was the formaldehyde scent of the recovery shuttle, speeding desperately through the final glittering stretch of hyperspace along the Penrose Gateway. You were only a few hours out. You should have been back aboard the Tartalo by now, but your coordinates... You don't even seem to have coordinates. You look for a landmark, anything to latch onto, but around you lies only a sphere of impenetrable black, spreading endlessly away from you in all directions. You scramble to call Contingency Officer Whitaker on your palm display, only to find her distraught face already on the screen. Frozen, flickering, silent. Features twisted in an agonized shriek you cannot hear. And even though she makes no sound, even though nothing makes a sound here, not your breathing apparatus, not even your heartbeat, you realize with a feeling like ice in your veins that somehow you know precisely what she's saying. You've slipped into the void. With Spencer. confession to make. Last week, when I said that we'd have something for you this week, I was thinking that I was going to publish that episode uh, Monday, which was yesterday at time of recording. Uh, I inadvertently published it right away. So uh, now I have to come up with something to give you. So here I am Tuesday morning, trying to just trying to, you know, cook it up for you with a little bit, a little bit of that elbow grease. For all I know, we are going to record this week on Thursday. And next Monday, I hope to God, we'll have a proper episode again. But in the meantime, promises made are promises kept. That sounds like something your grandparents would have always said, right? I don't know if it is or not, but I'm, I like it. I'm, I'm sticking with it. I do also want to say at the time of recording, I have absolutely nothing lined up to talk about. I am furiously googling so if you hear me typing in the background uh that's me going through all of my usual suspects and trying to dig up any topics of conversation conversation is the wrong word it's me talking to a microphone which so far has not started responding to me if it ever does you're not going to hear from me for a while all right time jump did some digging found some stuff here we go let's get started with the news shall we I've actually had this tab open uh, on my phone for about a month now, maybe a little longer than that. And uh, you know it's important because it was in the New York Times. The headline, Coach who posed as a high school player in Virginia causes season's forfeit. Now that sounds bad, I understand, but don't worry, he was only an assistant coach. <laughs> the Portsmouth Public Schools received a report last week, again, this is in January, that an assistant coach had played in a girls' junior varsity basketball game on January 21st. The team decided not to go forward with the season. Uh, maybe that, maybe I shouldn't have led with this. What do you even say? Uh, like there, There's video of this happening, by the way, and it's as terrific as you'd expect. 
it's just someone who's clearly an adult clowning on a bunch of like freshmen. I don't, I'm not really sure to what end. I, I guess maybe uh, she got something out of it. I, I won't get ahead of myself. A school district in Virginia, that's here, that's where I live, said it received a peculiar report last week from one of its junior varsity girls basketball games. An assistant coach for the Churchland High School, tr- <laughs> the, their mascot is the Truckers, um, had stepped on the court on January 21st and played against teenagers. The, the assistant coach, I, I'm sorry, I keep laughing at this. Uh, I'm going to try to keep it together for you. Uh, the assistant coach, Alicia Boykins, who'd been working at Portsmouth Public Schools since August of last year, was no longer an employee for the district as of January 25th when school officials confirmed the report. A spokeswoman, Nora Nala- Noren, Lauren Nolasco, said in a statement on Tuesday, the head coach for the team, Jamal Street, is also no longer working for the school, Ms. Nolasco said. Now, with the information presented to me, I do not have enough to confirm or deny whether he also disguised himself as a high school girl to dunk on their rivals. He, I said, I don't even know if it was a rivalry game. I don't think we get that far into detail in this article. I haven't read it in a long time, but I don't, I don't know. I think it was just a regular game, and the coach is like, "I'm sick of these people. I'm gonna fuck them up." Details of how exactly an adult coaching staff member had managed to put on a jersey and play alongside the teenage athletes in their game against Nansmond River High School were still unclear on Tuesday as the district continued its investigation. If that t- if that investigation takes longer than it takes to watch the video, I don't know what they're doing. No school administrators were at the game, Miss Nolasco said. WAVY, Wavy, a TV station in Portsmouth, Virginia, about 98 miles southeast of Richmond, uh, I don't know why they refer it to Richmond. This is Hampton Roads. Just give it, like, I don't know, give it in, in distance from like Virginia Beach or Norfolk or something. Uh, anyway, Wavy TV published video clips of the game that appear to show a coach donning a jersey, seemingly competing like any other player. In the clips, the coach on the court blocks a shot, dribbles past a player, and drives to the basket to make a layup with teammates high-fiving her after the plays, according to Wavy. It was not immediately clear what role Mr. Street played in the episode. <laughs> Efforts to reach him were unsuccessful on Tuesday. <sighs> Good God. All right. Now, look, we've all dreamed ever since that one. Um, oh, what was that? What were those ads with Uncle something where the NBA player dressed up as an old guy? Like everybody wants to just dominate on the court, right? Like even if you don't care about sports, I'm pretty sure there's still a little kernel in there. Some, some little nugget in your mind. It's like. What if I just got out there and really Harlem Globetrotted all over all of them, right? But you, when all of them are like 14, 15 years old, you can't do that when you're, I assume, in your 20s at least. It's, it's just no good, especially if they get you on video putting on the jersey. Like, I don't, I, we talk a lot on this show. Well, not as much as I'd like to. That's my favorite segment, uh, as I've often said, about things that nobody had to know about. I don't know that this really qualifies, but please don't don't do this sort of thing on camera if you're going to do. It. I mean, I, I'm glad that you did. It made me laugh, but it's probably worse for you in the long term. Uh, and and you're the person between the two of us that I assume you care about, uh, Ms. Boykins. <sighs> The bizarre intervention of the assistant coach in the game eventually resulted in a meeting among administrators, varsity and junior varsity players, and their parents. In the meeting, the players, quote, 
expressed they did not want to continue this season, Miss Nolasco added. And that's a shame. I mean, clearly they have what it takes. Maybe maybe there's some sort of airbud rule they can exploit, where like there's no law that said, that dictates whether or not a fully grown adult can don a jersey and uh, break a, a teenager's ankles figuratively uh, on the court. You understand? Basketball talk. I know a lot about basketball. Um, actually, I don't. I really look. You you know this. You can tell. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm six foot four. I'm quite tall. People have asked me my entire life if I play basketball. And my answer is terribly. Every time. That's all I can say. Like, I, I have no skill. I, I am like a giraffe on skates out there. It, it's, just, it's a disgrace is what it is. It's, it's the only term for it. It is an abomination in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, like, I would have a better success rate shooting with my back turned to the goal. Like, it would make no difference. Maybe I'm just jealous. Maybe I wish Maybe I wish I could put on a jersey, you know? Climb up off of the bench, take the whistle lanyard off of my neck, put on number 36, go out there, clown on him. You know, maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's my dream too, but I don't do it. That's the difference between me and these people. And I say these people because... Uh, this is why the New York Times is the paper of record. It turns out this isn't the only time this has happened. There is more reporting on other cases. In Dallas, a 25-year-old man posed as a 17-year-old student and played on a high school basketball team, becoming a star player, go figure, before he was arrested in 2018 and charged with tampering with government records, the Dallas Morning News reported. If you've got to commit extra crimes, don't do it. Ah. He was sentenced to six years probation in 2019, the newspaper reported. And in Memphis, in 2013, a 22-year-old man was accused of faking transcripts in order to join a high school basketball team, according to Fox 2, a local TV station. And it's always basketball. You notice that? I wasn't kidding about having that little nugget in the brain. It's like, it's got to be specifically basketball. I need to be able to posterize like a a 13-year-old, just annihilate his ego. It's in there. Maybe it's in all of us. Brenda Hilton. I didn't read this far. This is a real doozy. Brenda Hilton, the founder of Officially Human, an organization that promotes the respectful treatment of referees across the country, said the details of what occurred in Portsmouth were dispiriting. Let's wind that one back. Uh, Officially Human. An organization that promotes the respectful <laughs> treatment of referees across the country. I don't mean, look, I get it. I've seen the videos of Little League games. Parents need to be put in their fucking place. I get it. But maybe maybe there are better causes to devote our time to. And maybe there are better names, even if we must choose this one, to call our organization. Because officially human sounds like the verdict's in. We found out. Referees, they turned their they're people. They've been, I think they've been people the whole time. A coach's role is to be an incredible role model for these players, said Miss Hilton, who is also the senior director of officiating at the Big Ten Conference. That's one of the nation's college sports leagues. This is not a referee question. Why did they bring up the referee thing? Just a little tidbit to make me smile. Well, thank you. It worked. She said she was amazed that an adult in such a role would have no shame in acting dishonestly. 
The quote continues, here's the bigger lesson. You are not telling the rest of this team that it was okay to cheat, she said. It doesn't matter. Honesty can never get you in trouble. And that's a funny thing to say because that is a lie. Uh, honesty gets people in trouble all the time. It's gotten me into trouble many times as a kid uh, when I did something that I wasn't supposed to do. And I owned up to it. And if I hadn't owned up to it, nobody would have found out. And instead I got grounded and I got my uh, Game Boy Advance SP taken away. <laughs> this, this is a true story. I had it taken away for a month. And then when I went to ask for it back, my mom didn't know where she put it. And she felt so bad about it that uh, she had to buy me a new one. And then it turns out it was on the mantle uh, above the fireplace. And I would have found that out if I'd been uh, dusting like I was supposed to, as it was one of my chores. So I got both of, uh, both of them taken away again. Um, <laughs> that was uh, that's a little ordeal from my life. The coach's actions also raised questions of whether other adults in the gymnasium could or should have done more to prevent it, Miss Hilton said. My answer, of course, is no. Um, it's probably a different answer if you have a child who's the one getting demoralized out there. But if it's me, on the off chance that I, a childless man, end up at a, a like junior high school soccer game or something, and I see the coach for one of the teams shamelessly, as though nobody saw him do it, put on a jersey and clamber out onto the pitch and, you know, like try to clock a few fouls out there. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I, I'd, maybe I'd intervene. Probably not. Like, I, I think I'm just having the best time I've ever had at a, a, a child's athletic event. You know, I, I'm not saying I'm a great person. I'm just saying that I like when funny things happen that don't affect me personally. These kids now have a season robbed from them, Miss Hilton said. Their parents have had a season robbed from them. Well, that's the end of the article. There's a, there is another, well, there's a linked article here right at the bottom that I can't read because of the New York Times paywall um, because they want me to uh, give them money, which is simply not going to happen. But the headline is, Woman, 29, enrolled in high school and pretended to be a teenager. Which makes me think of these hypotheticals that I've seen floating around lately. I've seen a lot of them. Maybe you have as well, spending time on the internet. Don't spend time on the internet. It's a mistake. But if you have, if you've made that mistake, you might have seen the ones that's like, oh, well, you get to pick one of these two things, $10 million, or you, go, you get to go back in time to your six-year-old self with all the knowledge that you currently have and live your life all over again. Would you which which one do you pick? And the answer is of course the money. Like it's easily 100% the money. If you pick the child thing, you're insane. And if you're not insane, you will be by the time you get to be 7 years old for the second time. Like what benefit could you possibly get from that? Like oh, oh more time on this earth. Okay, cool. Like you're not going to have any friends because they're all going to be children, you're going to be bored to tears trying to interact with them. Um you're not going to be able to prevent or change anything because no adult is ever going to believe what happened to you because it's absurd on its face. So 9-11, still happening. Sorry. Uh, fucking 2007 recession, still on the table. Get ready. Uh, like it's, it's all there. Maybe you can individually insulate yourself from these effects a little bit better, but is that worth it? The torture? You're going to be trapped in your interior life 
That's all you're going to have going for you. Your parents aren't going to understand what the hell you're talking about. I'll tell you, they are going to be wondering, how did our six-year-old suddenly become so worldly and precocious? Like, hey, uh, we got a call from your teacher today. She was wondering how you already knew all the steps to take in the active shooter drill before she even told you what to do. Like, what have you been up to in your spare time? Like, these are questions you're going to have to figure out how to answer without sounding like you need psychiatric treatment. And you will fail. Also, I don't know if you remember, I don't know if it's been quite so long for you as it has for me, but being a teenager fucking sucks in a lot of ways. I mean, it basically takes all the worst parts of adulthood, the new expectations people have of you, new pressures, new responsibilities. Maybe you're holding on a job for the first time and you have to figure out how the hell to do that with none of the freedoms of adulthood. You can't buy alcohol or cigarettes, obviously, but you also just can't go places when you feel like it because you chances are you're living with your parents and abiding by their rules. And uh, you're also not a kid anymore. So any benefits of the doubt that you might have gotten from that are out the window. And you got acne. People warned me about acne. They didn't warn me enough. Like, I still get that shit. So I, have, I have some right now. I have one right now on the bridge of my nose. And it hurts like shit. It doesn't look like anything, but it hurts. And I wear glasses, so it's like rubbing up against it constantly. It's probably how I got it. That is too much information for you, but now you have it. I thought for sure when I was a kid uh, that by the time you hit like 30, that's it. Acne's done. It's over. Out of your life. and just gone forever. Not so. Not the case. I wish. Let's move on. I've talked about this stupid hypothetical enough. I shouldn't talk about, nobody should talk about anything that they see online um, ever, but f certainly not for longer than like 30 seconds. I think I got a, a few minutes out of that. This next item comes courtesy of friend of the show, Jewel B, who may or may not have realized that he was submitting it to the program when he sent it to me in an unrelated text message. But fair game. That's what I say. He got me thinking about it. So now I'm talking about it. That's how my brain works. Reading from The Guardian. Wienermobile in a pickle after falling victim to catalytic converter thieves. Now, I'd like to run that back really quick. Does the phrase Wienermobile in a pickle mean anything to you, to anyone? Hot dogs are not pickles. I don't care how British your opinions on food are. Those are two different cylinders. Like, I, I get that they probably call them something different over there. Like, uh, I don't they probably have some inane slang term for it. Like, uh, uh, oh, go to pop down the shops, get a, a toasty beagle or something. But it's still not a damn pickle. I get that you can put relish on a hot dog. Don't worry. We'll get there. But it's not. Okay. Anyway, subhead. Speaking of which, the Oscar Mayer crew didn't relish their time in Las Vegas after the vehicle had to be towed to an auto body shop. Relish is one of those words you wouldn't use like this that I wish we could just retire in a way. Like, when was the last time you heard somebody use the word relish as a verb uh, when it wasn't to, in service of a uh, an ill-advised pickle-related play on words? Same deal with the phrase out of this world. It's only ever used in like a, a, like when someone's trying to make the world's laziest space joke. It sucks. Stop it. Reading on. One of the U.S.'s most easily recognizable vehicles is back on the road after it fell victim to a crime that has grown more common in recent years. Catalytic converter theft. While parked in Las Vegas ahead of a Super Bowl weekend appearance, 
The Wienermobile, a 27-foot-long, bright yellow and red hot dog on wheels. That's orange, but that is orange, isn't it? Am I colorblind? Uh, was disabled after someone took the vehicle's hardware. That's got to be... That, is that supposed to be red? No, I'm, I'm claiming this one. That's orange. They're out of their minds. The Wienermobile is actually a fleet of six vehicles used as a promotional tool for the celebrated Wisconsin-based hot dog brand Oscar Mayer. The Wienermobiles are driven across the nation by quote-unquote hot doggers who claim the job for a one-year assignment. I'm not sure how that works. This might sound unbelievable to you. I was going to say this for the end of the thing, but I've actually seen the Wienermobile in person. I've been inside one. I know I just said the Wienermobile. It's, it's, there's six of them. Who knew? But uh, they, it was like college kids driving it, as I remember. And they just like, I think they said that there was a representative on campus or something and uh, like I don't know how they weren't swarmed with <laughs> with college kids because they would have been uh, where I went to school. I would think anywhere. Um, but anyway, uh, the morning after the converter was taken, the Wienermobile was towed to a nearby auto repair shop where mechanics installed a temporary converter that would allow the Wienermobile's crew to drive it. Quote, A hot dog truck? No way! Joseph Rodriguez, parts administrator for the auto shop where it was serviced, told 8 News Now, Las Vegas' CBS affiliate. Imagine, like, a huge hot dog in the middle of your bay. I love that they found the one guy in the U.S. who has never seen or even apparently heard of the Wienermobile to fix it. You'd think that would make it harder. Like, you'd think they'd... I, I, I would have thought they'd have... I don't know. Like, they'd drive around with uh, somebody with some knowledge of the thing. But I guess it's just a car with a weird chassis. I like this guy's energy. I like his style. I do wonder what else he hasn't heard of. Like he sees a commercial and just goes, well, it's this crazy insurance company. They got, they got this lizard and it just talks like you and me, like a human man. <coughs> Carried away with that. This is not the first time the Wienermobile has made national headlines. In late January 2020, the roving shrine to processed meat. This is, I need to come up with a term for this because it happens all the time in these articles, these little fluff pieces where they, they don't want to use the same term over and over. You know, I've brought attention to this before on the show. So like if they're writing about Dolly Parton seeing a movie or something, like three paragraphs in, they'll start going, oh, um, the Tennessee Chanteuse said that she loved the costume design. And it just gets worse from there. Like The longer it goes, the weirder they have to get for some reason, some house style rule, I guess. I really couldn't say. Oh, that soundtrack really was something else, wasn't it? Uttered the heavy-bosomed Appalachian songbird. <laughs> in, anyway, in late January 2020, uh, 2020, the roving shrine to processed meat was pulled over by a sheriff's deputy in Waukesha, Wisconsin, for disobeying traffic laws. Let me tell you what catalytic converters are. You don't care about that. Something that I do appreciate about this article is that right at the end, there is a little asterisk that says, the headline and body text of this article were updated on 14 February, 2023 to correct the spelling of Wienermobile. Everybody gets it wrong. It's W-I-E. Otherwise, it would be Ein Weinermobile. And mama didn't raise no Weiners, if you know what I'm talking about. I don't. Moving on. I'm really starting to wonder if I should be left alone for any significant length of time, but... Uh... Folks, it just keeps happening. Let's see here. You know, I wouldn't believe my luck if I weren't me. What does that mean? I just found something just now that fits perfectly into Craig's favorite segment, the Wildlife Dispatch. Desperate to fill time, 
Spencer recites facts about animals in what herpetologists call the wildlife dispatch. And what happens next is anything but extraordinary. Reading from futurism.com slash the bite, and that's with a Y. Florida scientists concerned about army of invasive Jesus Christ lizards. Now, if it sounded like I discovered a spider on my face halfway through that headline, I didn't. They are referring to, and I can tell you this without even reading another word on this page, the basilisk lizard. And I know this because I played the Magic School Bus Rainforest uh, home computer CD-ROM game in uh, a year that started with 19. Yet another invasive species is causing a stir in Florida, the article begins, and there's a link uh, under the words, another invasive species. And I'm not sure what it takes you to, but I'm guessing an article about, I don't know, old people. Uh, and this time, the critter's name evokes a certain holiness. The brown basilisk, told you. I guess it's not that impressive. For all you know, I could have been cheating, but I wasn't. Swear to God. Uh, brown basilisk, commonly known as the Jesus Christ lizard for its ability to run on water. Oh, no. Has cometh. And according to scientists, Floridians should... Oh, God. Floridians should not wanteth. Okay, I'm going to lay something on you right now, really quick. I know this has already sort of turned into the Spencer pet peeve hour. I'm going to try to move past this, but I got to address it. English, even Middle English, and people call this Old English. It's not. Old English is uh, completely illegible to a modern English speaker. This is like Shakespearean English, Middle English. It had rules, all right? And it, it played fast and loose with a lot of them, especially spellings, but it did have them. And one of them, a bunch of them, really, pertain to verb conjugation. The ending eth, for example, in the word wanteth, is similar to uh, the letter s in the word wants. It indicates uh, a third party, but a singular third party, like a he, she, it wants, right? So a plural noun like Floridians would not be wanteth. It would just be want. But then you can't, you know, make a little fun... A biblical joke, fucking, it, it, it sucks. It, I hate when people do this. They always do it wrong. Just stop. Don't bother me. <clears throat> University of Florida Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences, or UFIFA, uh, extension agent Ken Joeli, warned several local outlets that on top of the potential for habitat destruction, the Elysian reptiles which apparently love to snack on similarly invasive, often disease-bearing mosquitoes, might pose an indirect risk to human health. There is ongoing research on the potential for these basilisks to be hosts for mosquito-borne diseases, Joely told Florida's Fox 13. So there's a possible human health impact there. Now, I'm not an ecologist. How many times have I said, like, I'm not a something? I know I say I'm not a lawyer quite a bit. Um, anyway, I'm hoping, I, I, my hope would be that if they are eating the mosquitoes, maybe they're helping out. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Uh, finding a loose J.C. lizard, which is native to Central and South America, in the North American state isn't entirely shocking. Per Florida Today, they were first seen in Florida's wilds back in 1963, likely stemming from escaped or discarded pets. That's messed up. It's just a little lizard, man. Just feed them the bugs. Keep them in your house. It's not like they live forever. What the hell's the matter with people? But their population has continued to grow since, and according to the University of Florida scientists, they're showing up farther north than ever before, officially making their way into the decidedly northern city of Gainesville, where UF is located. It's almost like an army, Joelli explained to Florida today. Well, 
No, <laughs> it's not. It's lizards. Uh, I would I would disagree with that characterization. I, I don't think they have weapons. I don't think they're um, seeking to destroy us. Uh, he continues, the army of basilisks are moving forward and the population is just going to expand. Which seems like a dire warning until you keep reading. At the end of the day, though, in regard to human health, the Jesus lizards aren't particularly aggressive. And again, the risk is indirect. They're also much smaller than invasive iguanas, which sometimes die destroying energy transformers and battle dogs. I think... So there are two ways to read that sentence, which is they sometimes die destroying energy transformers and battling dogs, right? So, so it's, each one starts with a verb. Or they just say they, they die destroying energy transformers and destroying battle dogs. And I hope we don't have battle dogs. I don't like the sound of that. Uh, I want to see some people arrested if that's happening. But it would be happening in Florida. Uh, but the righteous reptiles, according to IFA research, now is that UFIFA? Is that UFIFA? I don't know. Uh, love themselves some native butterflies and other local insects, an appetite that could damage native Floridian habitats. Thus, as with injurious invasive species like the lanternfly, they sadly might be better off sent to the metaphorical farm. Now, you've stuck... Um, I'd like to address the writer of this article directly. You've stuck with Jesus metaphors this whole time. Why would you not end on a crucifixion joke? Are you scared because it's Lent? Come on. Come on. It's just such a coward move. Stick the landing, would you? Christ almighty. Jesus Christ lizard. There's a uh, a little tiny, tiny, like six-point font um, I don't even know what you call this. Is a, a category tag or something above the headline that says King of Carrot Flowers Part 2, which is uh, a fun little joke for uh, for you indie music heads out there, uh, big, big Neutral Milk Hotel fans. Um, for those unfamiliar, I could probably drop in a snippet here without having to worry about any, any label issues, right? Yeah, you know what? Just so everybody can be on equal footing for this throwaway joke that I didn't even write, uh, for informational and educational purposes only, and I could be wrong, please don't correct me, but I believe that qualifies this as a fair use case. Here is the part everybody thinks about when they think about King of Carrot Flowers Part 2 by Neutral Milk Hotel off their seminal 1998 masterwork in the aeroplane over the sea. You're listening to NBR, Never Better Radio. that's enough of that i was just digging through the archives and you won't believe what i found it's time for me to tangle with my old nemesis once more that's right we're taking it right back to abigail van buren dear abby herself we don't want to start a fight we're just trying to figure out what you mean it's time to get the record right even though you died in 2013 this is dear, dear abby this is this this is Sounded like there was a little more percussion in that version of the theme song than there was last week. And a bass line, maybe? That's because there is. Very well spotted. I worked so obsessively on that for no reason. I don't know why. 
Like nobody's listening to this. Except you, of course, whom we all value very dearly. But that's like, I don't know why I do most of what I do on this show. Like the, the this stuff takes work. Like that intro for this, why did I do that? And, and what was it? I don't know. I can't answer that question. I'm not qualified. Let's get to the matter at hand here, which is, of course, your enemy and mine, Dear Abby. I'm coming down on her a little hard this time. She's, I, I actually agree with her on this one. Uh, I said I was going to focus on the hoaxes thing, but it's tough to find those. So I'm just going to deal with them as they crop up. But in the meantime, reading from the Charlotte News, Wednesday, September 4th, 1985. Dear Abby, in my job, I write many letters to people whose gender is unknown. That's right. It's going to be one of these. It's okay, though. Hang tight. In these cases, the proper form of address always presents a problem. Understandably, gentlemen or dear sirs is an affront to women in positions of authority, yet alternatives seem inadequate. Ladies and gentlemen assumes the presence of both sexes, which is very often not the case. Greetings sounds like a summons from the government. Sirs and or madams has almost a body ring. Abby, we need a new word. May I suggest Miss Sirs? It covers all the bases. Miss, Mrs., Mr., and Sirs. Only you, dear Abby, could introduce such a word to the world and put it into international usage virtually overnight. Secretaries all over the world would thank you. Please get this started in time for Christmas cards. From Gail in Snohomish, Washington. So, this person has run into a snag that is pretty common. You don't know who you're talking to. You don't know how to address them. But that doesn't mean we need to go running to Dear Abby as though she was Shark Tank with the awful sounding gibberish that you just came up with. I would also like to say, just to cover my bases, if this is a joke, it's too weird for me to get it. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't understand. I can't help you. Dear Abby, I think, feels similarly. So, you know, she, she gets a point. Doesn't make up for the enormous points deficit that she incurred by falling for Mandor Hookhand Cardor, but... Dear Gail, Abby responds, although missers would indeed cover all the bases, I doubt if it would catch on. In the first place, it looks like a typo, as though the writer started to write miss, then change it to sirs. Also, miss anything suggests a mistake, a misunderstanding, a misfired missile, or a miss that's as good as a mile. In any case, nice try, Gail, but missers just misses. I'm going to read the very next line on this page. It's sort of the headline for the, the second letter that they printed in this column. Still the Dear Abby column? It, it it reads as follows. He wants to know how brother died. This takes second billing to missers. This is less important. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. I'm not, it's not funny. I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because whoever laid this out has no regard for human life. Uh, the letter itself is about someone who, uh, it's someone responding to a prior letter from a, a reader who had some information about how a German soldier died in World War II and wanted to pass the information on to the family, who I guess he figured reads Dear Abby? I don't really know. I don't know. All I know is that the guy said that he himself lost a brother in World War II and that uh, he would love to hear from any of the brave young men who served aboard that minesweeper so they could tell him the events leading up to the loss of his brother and his ship. To which Abby responds... If there are any survivors of your brother's ship, I hope they write to me. Dear Abby, P.O. Box 38923, Hollywood, California, 90038. Which seems tasteless. But what do I know? So maybe we take a point away from that one. Back down to the negatives. Matter of fact, 
I got another one here from the Arizona Republic, 1st of June, 1986. It's fun to dive way back in time, isn't it? Not really. Not when this one is the, the letter of the day. Dear Abby, I love the letter from Millie, who was on the side of girls who held out for marriage. Her letter made my day, especially when she mentioned a song that was popular in the 20s titled, Just a Girl That Men Forget. When I was young, I used to play it over and over on our player piano. In those days, music was first rate. The lyrics told a story without repeating a line, a far cry from the repetitious junk one hears today. In case you want to share all the lyrics with your readers, here they are. And Abby said, hell yes, let's do it. And I'm just going to, I'm going to play the song for you here because I, I found a recording of it from 100 years ago. So I have to assume it's in the public domain by now, uh, even though I, I don't really think it ought to be anywhere. This is an extremely sexist song to which Abby was like, yeah, I'll print that. Why the hell not? Like, I know this is a tired exercise, but just imagine someone printing the following today. Ready? This, is, this has been sort of a musical variety show today, it turns out. That's kind of fun. All right. Here's the trash. Sorry, just butting in for a second. This is an, yes, you heard correctly. This is an anti-flapper song. He said, you're a flapper with up-to-date ways as like a dig. Sick. Great. Love it. Sorry, let's, let's continue. You may shine brightly, but just like what I am, you'll burn out one of these days. Then your old-fashioned sister will come in so if you ever considered by the way sorry i keep doing this but uh that maybe the people who keep clamoring for a return to traditional values online or in front of the white house or whatever if you ever think maybe they have a point they're talking about like the 50s people were complaining about how far society had progressed in the 20s They'll never be satisfied until they're living in caves and clubbing their wives to death. All right, let's continue. You're the kind of a girl that men forget Just a toy to enjoy for a while For when men settle down, they always get An old-fashioned girl with an old-fashioned smile And you'll soon realize you're not so wise When the years bring you tears of regret When they play, here comes the bride You'll stand outside Just a For your sake and mine, I'm going to skip the part where they repeat the last chorus. The writer, for whatever reason, claimed there was no repetition in the song. There's repetition in like 90% of popular music. 
I'm not sure what the hell she's complaining about. But anyway, she's the kind of person who would write into Dear Abby in the 1980s, positively citing an anti-flapper anthem as an example of how young women should be behaving. Granted, I'm not an expert. I'm not a young lady. I'm not a young anything. But come the fuck on. Now, to Abby's credit, perhaps, she does print later in the uh, the column uh, a response from someone who's like, what are you talking about? Like, Because the, the, the initiating article uh, or the letter from before that everybody's responding to was somebody talking about how she was saving herself for marriage, which is her prerogative. Go ahead, do whatever you want. But the rest of the responses are all presumably 90-year-olds going, yes, thank God, traditional family values, they live another day. And there's one man who wrote in, 32, recently married 32-year-old male in his words, who's like, you can, like, you can have sex before marriage and it's not going to destroy your soul. You know, the, the Cenobites from Hellraiser don't appear out of a portal in your wall and stick a bunch of meat hooks in your arms and legs. Like, it's fine. Some people even lead fulfilling lives afterward. Imagine that. So she did print that perspective, but how much better of a move would it have been if she just responded to the first ancient wizened freak who sent her those song lyrics is like, yeah, thanks for the, the garbage. Uh, I won't print these. I don't know. I would have preferred it. One, one guy's opinion. Meaningless opinion. And really, to that point about songs not being repetitive in the 1920s, here's another 1923 recording really quick. I promise, really quick. Don't worry, I'm not going to play the whole thing. Just have a, have a listen to this. Maybe you've even heard this one before. I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised. Here we go. Yep. We have no bananas. We have no bananas today. Without looking it up, you want to take a guess how many times the phrase we have no bananas pops up in that fucking song? Also, <laughs> I found this out a second ago. Would you like to know the first words of that song? Because here they are. There's a fruit store on our street. It's run by a Greek. <laughs> I'm sorry. In, in case you were worried the song wasn't really from the 1920s, there you go. All right, we're, we're about running up on time. I think 45 minutes is a good cap for this. I, I'm sure none of you have listened this far, so I could really say whatever I want to hear, but I'm just going to keep it simple. Stick with the classics. An old standby, I think our longest running segment, I want to say from episode one. That's right. Bringing it back to Quora.com and asking ourselves, is it weird? A- asking myself, is it, it's, is it, is it weird to talk to like, talk about yourself as there's other people in the room because you're used to other people being in the room, but then they're not anymore. And you have to do something to keep uh, your, your one dozen viewers, uh, and like entertained and occupied through the week. I think it is. Is it weird? Let's do it. Is it weird? Here we go. I already said we're reading from Quora.com. You better know that I have a two part question for you. Double barrel. Um, let me see who asked this because I'm curious as to what their name. No, okay, that tracks. Uh, these questions, both of them were asked by Quora user, and I believe I'm pronouncing this correctly. E. Who asks, first off, is it weird to keep some of my blood in a small glass bottle? No answer to that one yet. Uh, their second question is, is it weird to have a mini jar of your blood? Now I'm worried as to the size progression presented in these two. I, I'm not like, I'm extrapolating as to what kind of vessel we could be graduating towards. And it is not a pretty sight. Um, a flask, that'd be bad. 
whether it's a hip flask or say of the Erlenmeyer variety, that'd be worse. I think those are much larger. Um, granted, I assume, you know, you, you get the, the blood in the glass bottle, the mini bottle, you pour it into the mini jar and then you, maybe you fill it up with a little, a little extra. So it's, it's, you're not doing it all at once. You know, it's, it's all one liquid collection, right? Ugh. Oh, I don't like that phrase. I don't like what I just said. Uh, there are three answers to this question. First, Shane M., uh, language culture slash IR consultant, 2021 to present, whatever that means, says, yep, sure is, but lots of people are weird. Uh, I hadn't read this question, this answer all the way through. I still have my gallstones in the little specimen jar they presented them to me in, and my daughters have kept all their milk teeth. None of that is not not weird. You kept your gallstones, dude? Why? All right. So, uh, answer number two from Samanthaville uh, says, no, it's not weird to have a mini jar of your blood. In fact, it's pretty cool. I think it's a great way to keep track of your health, and it's also a great conversation starter. And then there's a picture attached of um, just like a, I don't know, a TikTok model or something. This this is an AI. This is a bot account using ChatGPT to generate responses to Quora in case Quora wasn't enough of a cesspit as it stood. Also, what conversation are you starting with the, hey, here's the jar of blood that I don't know, I presumably you keep it around your neck or something? Like, what, what, is, what does person B in this dialogue say to you? What is the response you're hoping for? Because I can tell you the response you're going to get, which is, oh, cool. I just remembered I have to go uh, feed my oven. Like, it's, it's just, they're going to run away from you at speeds you didn't think people could do. You're going to inspire some record-breaking athleticism with that. Our final answer comes from an account going by Professor Abid Azam, who responds, Sorry, sir, I don't know about mini jar, but I know only about jar. Jar is pot, and mini means small. Thank you, Professor. I think that's going to do it for me this week. I think this has been plenty of time. I think it's amazing that I've made it this far. Never Better, as you've probably guessed, is produced by me. We are distributed somehow, even to this day, by nobody. And our theme song is Phantom Part 2 by Justice. God, I wish. I should have done that. Too late now. And hopefully, you'll hear from all three of us next week, because I don't know if I can do this three weeks in a row. I'm not joking. I don't know, man. We'll see you. Stay strong. Goodbye. You know, I had finished this whole episode. I had recorded it. I'd exported it to an MP3. I'd uploaded it, written up the description, gotten a photo. I got the photo of my ancient, decrepit Facebook account that I had to redo the password to to log back in. Like, and it is my photo. God damn it. I took that thing in 2013 at the Cape Henry Lighthouse when I worked there. 
Uh, we've been over that though. So, but yeah, then I realized I hadn't put anything at the end. So here we are. Um, oh, let's see. This isn't really a great story, but it's something. It's not even my story to tell, I guess, but uh, they're related to me, whatever, close enough. Uh, one time, my, uh, my not my uncle, my dad's first cousins, my first cousin once removed, stupid fucking phrasing. Um, he once called the paramedics on himself because he thought he was having a heart attack. Um, you know, he was sweating and clamming. His heart was doing all kinds of stuff. And uh, the paramedics show up uh, after he called 911 and they, they check him out and they're like, no, you're, you're fine. What, what happened? And it turns out it's because he'd had too much hot sauce. Um, thing is, he didn't go for the regular hot sauce. He like not the stuff that actually tastes good that you can put on things and live, uh, but the sort of stuff that you get in like tourist shops where it's like lock the, the the packaging is a plexiglass case with a lock on it, and it's called something like you know Armando's War Crime Sauce or like I don't know uh, like Pervert Dave's Gut Nuke or something like that. And he he and his son had just been going hog wild on that stuff for years really but uh, that night especially i guess they had some sort of wing challenge or whatever you do with those i don't know Uh, there you go that's my story goodbye